It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Friday edition, the hype edition, the last chance to get right before we hit that Saturday night football game versus the 49ers. We're going to talk about all that today. Of course, we've got the awesome LA Rams team reporter Serena Morales with us. We're going to get to that conversation here in just a second. Guys, don't forget to go give us a follow on iTunes, Google Podcasts. Himalaya, Spotify, hit the subscribe button, download it, share with a friend. Uh, We got a lot of holiday driving coming up. We do five episodes a day, your team, every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So catch up if you're behind uh, and get ready for this game. We're going to be doing content all the way up to the end of the season, no matter the results, and then into the playoffs. We'll be talking about all the things that are happening, so stay with us. Uh, But for today, got a great show. Of course, Serena Morales, we're going to talk about uh, injury updates and who's in, who's out. How are we going to kind of move forward with that? We're going to talk about this team going into the San Francisco game, that do-or-die uh, attitude that they're going to hopefully bring into this, and talking about Jared Goff, this offense, what to expect, even kind of a peek into the future, uh, as well as you know being on a short week, good, bad. We'll talk about all that here on today's episode. Also, don't forget to go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Lockdown Rams, all accounts, LA underscore Rambling Bear. As for our guest, you can find her at Mar- Morales Morales on Instagram and at Serena on Twitter. It's pretty simple. Go give a follow. Go give a shout out. Ask us any questions, comments, concerns. We're there to talk to you all the time. Uh, But as I mentioned, great show for you guys today. So let's just get into it. It's Rams versus Niners on Saturday night under the lights and the ground game might be the biggest key to victory in this one. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by LA Rams team reporter Serena Morales and this is your lead story. Serena, we're going to start right there with the ground game. Last time the Rams faced the Niners, they were the number one rush offense in the league, and the Rams held them to 99 yards. They did the job there. The rest of the game didn't go as planned, but nothing much has really changed on the Niners' end. They come into this game as the number two rush offense in the NFL, and as you look at the Rams, it's something that's been a little inconsistent this year, up and down in that rush category. Last week, we only saw 11 carries for Todd Gurley, 22 yards. How important is this ground game going to be in this game? Yeah, so, well, when it comes to, yeah, our offense, we haven't, you know, we've had ups and downs again. I think I've mentioned this before. The, talking about the changes to the O-line is not the sexiest conversation to be had. Right. I talked to it's funny, I talked to Skip Pete today, the running backs coach, and it was kind of funny. He, he used this analogy with me, um, and I forget the type of ninja that he that looks like. <laughs> we're, look where I'm going already. I'm I, love, I love it. And, and our running back coach. But Skippy was talking about a specific, like, warrior from Nepal. And he was, like, reading this, like, information about this uh, warrior. And, like, they're small guys, but they're some of the fiercest fighters in all of the world. And he actually was talking about um, finding some, like, very historical 
uh, like weapon from them that he was like thinking of collecting. All that to be said, he's like, when I think about, because I was like, how did you even get into this? Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, in war, war is football. Like, I am preparing these guys for war every single week. And the basis of those things, right, are if we are an army and we have to battle the other, uh, the other team, what are the foundations to winning a war? Well, you got to look out for your teammate, right? you got to make sure if I say, hey, go right. You're not going to go, now let's go left, man, if you're in the middle of a war. You're not going to do that. So when we talk about the fundamentals of football and we're like, if you just do the job that you're expected to do, then everything will take care of itself. And I think that's been the biggest thing is that, yes, you know, there are changes to the line, there were injuries and this and that, but maybe people are overcompensating. Like, we all do it, right? I got to step up my game if, like, things are down. I got to put my face happier than usual. But if everyone actually just does what they need to do. And sometimes you just need those reminders. But it was an interesting conversation to have with our running back, Coach Skip P, because he was just like, you know, when you think about going to war, uh, you got to remind guys, like, it's about taking care of each other, doing what you need to do first, and trusting your family. And, and I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad he mentioned that. And I'm sure he talked to the guys about that today. Trust each other. Think about this. This is a resilient team. You know, you, we, we've, we've been able to run the ball well this season. We've been able to run the ball well last season. You know, in spurts, you know, they constantly say this, all the geniuses of football when they want to talk. And they're like, you got to get the run game. Right. Which is true because then it opens up for the passing game. And it opens up other opportunities for all of that. And we have a, a, a multiple guys who have proven themselves to run the ball. Not just Todd Gurley, but Malcolm Brown, even Daryl Henderson. So all that being said, yes, I think the team knows what they need to do. I think last week, we the, uh, clearly it didn't show that because we got, things got behind, right? And then you're out of rhythm, and then this, this, and this happened, you know? So no one's really going to say, hey, it's all your guys' fault. Like, everyone just, you know, I think if we take care of what needs to happen, you take care of yourself, you put trust in this person. I mean, Skip, he says, like, if I don't trust that this guy's going to block, I'm not going to run, right? I'm not going to, you know, so... We just look back to the fundamentals of things, and 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 we're going to war. It's like now or do or die in in the you know in the real realistic situation of a playoff opportunity. This is it. So it's kind of interesting to have that conversation today. As you mentioned the run game, and you know, I love it. Pounding it, pounding it out in San Francisco. I love it because that's why I love our conversations. Because I never <laughs> ever know where we're gonna take it, and it, and we get in the first segment here, and we're talking ninjas, and I love it, and it's it's so true. And you and you talk about, and especially if you're you're looking this late in the season as a coach, like how are we gonna motivate our players and find a different lesson or a different thing to kind of spark their interest or get them going? And for him to go in there and start talking about ninjas, I'm sure they were a little thrown off too. But when he comes full circle on the message, and you understand about doing your job and trust your teammate and you hear the very you know the best coaches in the world talking about that i just watched the documentary on hbo about bill belichick and nick saban and they did a whole segment on do your job and they just showed clip after clip of those two coaches just yelling do your job do your job don't try to do too much because that's when things start to fall apart uh, and it starts right up there with that 
offensive line. I, I you know was listening to the podcast that you got that you guys put together. And if you're not if you haven't checked it out, you got to go check out the Rambling podcast that Serena does. Uh, she does an amazing job with it. Congratulations up to twenty podcasts. You guys are out there and doing it. Uh, and you had Damian Woody on, and he was talking about that offensive line and that most people don't think about that offensive line so much as a unit and they start picking pieces apart and the turnaround that the Rams have had up there uh, but that they're finally clicking and it sounds like and I'm not sure but this can kind of go into our conversation as we start to talk about the injuries but Rob Havenstein has been uh, banged up but back to health but they're still kind of holding him out and they want to make sure that he's good to go before he comes back so uh, what should we expect for that offensive line same unit going out this week uh, to face the Niners yeah you know I asked Aaron Comer during the pressures this week, you know, what's, what's the status of Rob? You know, he looks good. He's out there. I sat with him. I sat with Rob at lunch today, you know, and he was more worried about having, you know, sauce on his, on his beard than, <laughs> you know, like walking while he's eating lunch than anything else. I really think it's going to come down, you know, there's one more practice tomorrow. This whole week is throwing me off because we play Saturday, but I think that they're going to figure it out. It's really like, is, is Rob going to be better than what we have out there now? And that's all going to come down to game time. I think Bobby Evans has done a great job doing what he has to do. I've talked to Bobby multiple times this week about, you know, what Rob has done for him. And it's just like that guy is mentoring me. If if Rob is not full force and not, you know, himself, you know, I could see, you know, you know what, let's just stick with Bobby. But, you know, against uh, a 49er team who's got a great D-line, like, Maybe we see Rob in there. I totally I know Sean McVay and Aaron Cromer will make that decision <laughs> way later than all of us will know. Right. But um, because there's one more practice tomorrow, it'll be interesting. But I could, I, you know, I, and I, I know that gave you a, a, not an answer at all, but I, I sat with Rob today. And he's like, they're going to make that call. I'm ready to go. He's ready to go. But it, yeah. it's, it's really like he's there hands-on deck if they need an extra coach or if they need an extra player you know yeah and and from the sounds of getting what you're hearing from the rams is like at this point i understand every game is a must win but why put a guy that has been out for you know x amount of games that's still coming back from an injury and when you said you got bobby evans who's playing really well right now like why mess with it slash risk more injury? He's under contract for a long term. I mean, that's something that many people are still poking and prying about in the off season. And you never know, especially with less need, how he's going to wheel and deal. But at this point, like there's just not the necessity as there was maybe four or five weeks ago. If this would have happened, we would have been like, all right, let's get him back. But things have kind of settled a little bit. And there's still some improvement at this offensive line. But like uh, you and Damian talked about on the podcast was really uh, that's that's a bigger issue than just throwing guys together and saying go get it. Um, you know, ninja work is needed up there as well. So we're going to talk a little bit more right. about the health updates of a few other players. Some guys getting back, some guys not getting back. We're going to pick that up on the second segment. So we're going to step aside. We'll be right back. LA Rams team reporter Serena Morales. I'm your host Bear Motter. We'll be right back. After a couple quick messages. Before we get over to the next segment, I want to talk to you guys about Metro Infinity. First of all, calling out to all my Rams fans. 
Help a brother out here. I got a call from my man Billy Adams the other day and he said, great man, the ads are working. Great job. And I said, awesome. One of our guys came down to try out a car and he said, no, actually one of the Chargers fans came down and they bought a car. They left a satisfied customer and they couldn't be more happy. And I said, a Chargers fan? So I'm calling all my Rams fans. You got to go check out Metro Infinity. It's 281 East Central Monrovia, California, just off the 210 in Monrovia. Me, you, we're both upset about this loss. Well, blow off some steam. Go look at a shiny, brand new, or used Infinity because Metro Infinity is the number one volume dealer in California. They are the only dealer in California, by the way, that is family owned and has been in business for over 25 years. So swing by, check out the brand new multi-million dollar facility, grab some keys, take a test drive. Don't tell Billy I said this, but you know, hit the pedal to the metal a little bit. Test that baby out, blow off some steam. And heck, you're going to get a great deal on the car because if you mention Lockdown Rams, you're going to get $500 off. So do me a solid. Take a break from all this Rams talk and go try out one of these brand new or used Metro Infinity cars. Right now, you get a 2019 Q50 Luxury with $1,500 down for $350 tax included. Don't forget your discount. $500 when you mention Lockdown Rams. Again, you can find them just off the 210 in Monrovia. Metro Infinity, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so as we take a look at this roster as we are getting ready for this Saturday game, which I've had to uh, correct myself a hundred times this week as I keep going Sunday matchup, Sunday matchup, but it's Saturday. It is a short week, and we can talk about that a little bit too, um, but Troy Hill had surgery on his thumb, and and most likely, if this is a playoff game, it sounds like he may be in there and playing, but they want to be cautious with it again because you got to think of the big picture and, and how well he's played and he's under contract again he'll be back again next year so want to be safe with him he may end up playing in week 17 if all goes well but uh stepping in for him is Darius Williams and he had an amazing game not just a good game not just a great game an amazing game he had a pro football focus rating that was elite and usually on the Rams that's Aaron Donald type status right there so he had a great game uh, we expect good things from him uh, but as you see him stepping in you know expectations for him to do it back to back and then as well as you know maybe getting another guy in like rookie David Long Jr. Do you expect to see him active for the game and maybe get some snaps in this game as well? Yeah David Long has done um, some some good on special teams so I could certainly see him coming in. I know that they have a lot of faith in Darius. Uh, Darius has done a great job. He's a great locker room guy too. Like, this is a guy who is a, a quiet DB, which is the weirdest thing I could ever say because <laughs> DBs are known to be more of the louder, 
voices in a locker room. But I talked to him earlier uh, this season when we were in London, actually. And um, Darius is actually a really good baseball player. He almost decided to play baseball instead of football. Uh, is a natural athlete. He actually said he would be a court. He's a really good quarterback. Um, he's just like, yeah, I'm like the six string quarterback. If we if we ever needed a quarterback, I'm there. Like I could totally play quarterback. So if you're saying that, then you're probably a smart guy, and he's picked up concepts well. And you know, he's had a year um, on P squad before to kind of get you know through everything, understand under Wade Phillips and Aubrey Pleasant and Coach Ejiro, uh just in that DB group understand things so I think they have a lot of faith in Darius and uh yeah Troy Hillman I give him some props because um I saw him in the cafeteria his arm was underneath his his uh sweatshirt but you could see that it was all sort of he, he had a cast on his arm and from experience not playing football but just from experience playing baseball growing up I had broken my finger twice my index finger Anytime you break a finger, um, they, your, your cast is up to your elbow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, it's just on the hand because, you know, the neck bone's connected to the hip bone and that whole <laughs> song. Like, everything is, like, legitimately connected. And so I would just, I, I, I was like, man, if you got to play, like, that's just going to suck. And I only say that because I've experienced a broken bone. And it is the worst thing that, like, you're, you're stuck in a cast even though you're like, it's just this little little thing that I have here. Like, that's nothing. But you, there's way more feeling in your fingers and all that. Like, it's like why paper cuts hurt so much. Right. All of your sensational ligaments are all at the top there. So I'm kind of glad that Troy Hill, uh, not for, like, game strategy or anything, just, like, personal, like, let me just put it out there, guys. You know, like, Troy Hill's got to recover. And, you know, I'd rather him heal up as, a, as someone who has experienced having a cast on my hand from a broken finger before. Like, let Darius play. Let's get, let's get him some time. Right. Let Troy Hill heal up because he's done a great job this season at corner. And it's funny because the finger is like one of the only things I've broken. But you always think like, oh, breaking your leg is going to be the worst. And, and then, like, you break your finger and you're like, oh, it shouldn't be any big deal. But you're like... You have to hold your hand above your head when you shower. Like, you can't tie your shoe. Like, it's the little things that come full circle, and you're like, really? I've got a broken finger, and I can't do this. So, uh, And getting him right, again, I think is the most important thing. And we've seen them be cautious in general. I mean, with even sitting Todd Gurley in that last 49ers game when he didn't feel right, they, they gave him a rest there. Uh, we've seen it. Obviously, we just talked about Rob Havenstein, uh, as well as the next guy we're going to talk about here, Gerald Everett. Uh, he's finally good to go. I think he's missed four, five weeks, somewhere in that range. Uh, Higby's been tearing it up and making us feel really comfortable about that tight end position. But uh, what are your expectations for Gerald and like how they're going to work him in? And do you think that will affect Tyler Higby? And, and just thoughts of like his performance coming in this week, snap count, those type of things. And t- Tyler Higby's a tear. Uh, I saw him earlier in the locker room. He's in good spirits. I mean, he's, again, I think he's one of the funniest, like, at his, like, actual talent and what he's getting paid to do on a daily basis. That dude is funny. Like, you, he will make you laugh. Like, he's <laughs> one of the secret funny guys on the team. Um, but I, I do not see any slowing down. Tyler Lindsay is probably going to slowly work Gerald into the game. I think Johnny Munn has done a great job of blocking um, 
you know, I, you know, you see teams do this. Like, again, I have no idea the, the game plan that the Rams have going in against the 49ers, but I do know, like, you know, if, if your O-line is, is dinged up and going through changes, you know, you use your tight ends to kind of help with the blocking, help with the run game a little bit, things like that. So I could certainly see someone like Gerald Everett, if he's feeling good to go, him jumping in there. I mean, he's had great productivity. You know what Gerald can do last season putting up the same sorts of numbers that Gerald uh, Tyler Higby has done this, this season in the past three games. So I don't see why we would change anything of Tyler Higby's game. Right. Um, especially when, you know, we're going against a 49ers team that has their own Tyler Higby in George Kittle. Man. So I would, uh, I, I see, I see a, a big Tyler Higby game again. Um, and I, 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 I expect Gerald, if he's going to go, we see him in there. I don't, you know, why, throw everyone out there. We got, again, we're going to war. Skip keep does it. Let's use all of our weapons and, and, and hope for the best. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. It's going to be fun to see those guys out there again with what we've seen from uh, Higby and then what we know we've seen before from Everett if he's back healthy uh, having, you know, as as teams have kind of started to pick on Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and, and make it a focus to slow them down, to get another offensive weapon back is kind of exciting, especially when Jared Goff's been struggling. Um, you know, well, as of late, right? The last game he kind of struggled, but uh, the whole team did. And I want to talk about that just briefly before we get over the third segment. But the defense coming off a of poor performance, and we've been kind of hyping them up, and, and they know it. They, they've been playing really well, holding opponents to 13 points or less in six of their last eight games. But uh, do you see that there's a lot of weight on them coming into these games that everyone looks to them and says, like, if you don't do it, we're not going to win the game? Or how do you think they're going to bounce back from this? And, you know, Brockers talked about it being a short week as a blessing and can't wait to get back out of there. Are they biting at the at the uh, bit to get back out there and, and just get another performance? Yeah, I think, you know, these guys are competitors. We heard – you know, I don't say it earlier this year. It's like the defense, I guess, is going to have the whole thing down. So, I mean, I really don't think that it's necessarily like, oh, all the pressure's on you guys. I, Sean McVay says it all the time. It's like we got to win in all three phases. Everyone's got to show up. Um, special teams, offense, defense, and that's what we saw, why we saw such good success, great success last season, um, because all three phases of football were showing up consistently. And so – yeah, it puts pressure on the defense when, you know, the offense isn't putting up points and the same can go the opposite way, right? So I think, honestly, the defense, they're just, they want to get back out there. They want to show, look, the 49ers are beatable. And the Rams have already beat uh, the top team in the NFC West with the Seahawks. I mean, it's just a top-heavy division. Um, you know, if you're in, if the Rams are playing like this in another division, maybe, you know, no one would be so stressed out because we're still teams eight and six, you know, if they win their two next games and the Vikings lose their games, you're now talking about a wild card spot, right? Like, I understand that the, the team, the sky is falling, but again, going back to the same uh, thing we've been talking about this whole, this whole podcast, it's like, if you do your job, just let everything take care of itself. So I know that's like the most ridiculous thing, but it's in simplified terms. It's really what the Rams can do. And I don't see how this team doesn't fight everything they possibly can to, to get this win to at least show like, yo, I did what I could do. And the rest is going to take care of itself. 
Yeah, keep it simple at this point because, like you said, two games left. You can control what you can control, and obviously we need some help from the NFC North, but those are a couple tough opponents that they have ahead of them. Uh, I think I even saw that Dalvin Cook, their star running back, is listed out for the game on Monday night, and even their backup running back uh, is questionable with an ankle injury, so they're not going to be full steam on uh, Monday night, so kind of in the favor for the Rams. So we'll talk a little bit more about this coming up in the third segment. We're going to do our take our picks, some predictions. We're going to close it out because we got a football game in just a day and it's going to be really exciting on Saturday night, finishing that three game slate on the Saturday afternoon game. So it's going to be a fun one under the lights up in San Francisco. We'll be right back. Lockdown Rams Friday, right after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fantasy Football with your Locked on Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, so last time these two teams met, it was kind of ugly for the Rams. And weirdly, it was 7-7 at half. And it felt like, all right, it wasn't the best of game in the first half. We came out. We had no Todd Gurley. Daryl Henderson was getting some of his first action. We were so excited to see him. And he was a little excited himself. He coughed up the ball right to start the third quarter. They had an easy opportunity for some points. They converted, and this thing kind of got away from the Rams in the get-go. But our teams are so different now. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey here. We're going to have a more sturdy offensive line. That was the beginning of, uh uh-oh, our offensive line is starting to not be, you know, what we thought it was coming into the season. We had a lot of injuries at that point. Uh, Jared Goff had 78 yard, yards passing, his worst performance of his career. You don't expect that to happen again. And we get Todd Gurley back. So um, as we look at this and, you know, even just mentioning Jared Goff and those passing yards, uh, I want to say take your pick because we don't expect, like I said, for Jared Goff to go for 78 yards again. So in which quarter does Jared Goff surpass 78 yards passing? First, second, third, or fourth <laughs> quarter? Oh. Uh, man, I want to say, like, first or second. Like, I, I really do think this team, again, they need, they know it's just like, yo, you got to go hard or go home kind of thing, which, you know, they come home the next week, so that works in this situation. <laughs> but I would say, like, they, like, they just got to go hard, right? Like, you're going to, you're going against a very high powered offense, so you better be a better high powered offense than they are, right? To win the game. And, um, so I'm I'm looking for Jared to just show up early for the second quarter. Let's get let's get over you know let's give him one of those 400 yarder games like away. Let's just throw the whole thing off. I want to give him first or second quarter. 
Let's go. I'm with you. I think it's second quarter. I think the Rams probably get maybe three drives if you think about how it gets there. Maybe three drives, and then you're averaging 25 yards a drive with working in some Todd Gurley action. Maybe it's a little bit higher. Love to see it it broken in the first quarter. That would just be awesome. Uh, But I also think when we talked about this run game, wanting to get Todd Gurley in mix. So I also, you know, it's it's mixed emotions because I want to see him get over that yardage mark and get into his zone and rhythm early. But I also want Todd Gurley to help him get into that rhythm. So I'm going to say second quarter. I think it's done in the first half. He can kind of brush that off and get back to doing what we know he can do. And, and he talks always about you know setting his feet and getting comfortable back there. So uh, mixing in that run, allowing some play action, moving the pocket, all those things that we talk about. If we can get back to some of those things, I think Jared Goff should be just fine. And the Niners defense is kind of banged up. I don't know if we're going to see Richard Sherman. Uh, they had, I think, five players on their defense last week. I think D Ford's still going to be out for them. So hopefully a little banged up. We can take uh, take advantage of that in the secondary as well. But as we talk about Todd Gurley, he didn't play last time, as we mentioned, versus San Francisco. And last game, as we mentioned earlier, he only had 11 carries. Looking at the last game for the Niners, uh, George Kittle had 17 targets just to himself, 17 targets. The rest of the team had 16. So they were targeting him heavy. So take your pick. More targets this game for George Kittle or more rushing attempts for Todd Gurley? Ah, uh, man, that's a good one. Because if I like the 49ers, I would just give George Kittle the ball every single time. <laughs> right. I mean, that that dude wore, like, a thing, like, DB as his, like, backpack. I was like, what is happening right now? How right. does he have him on his back like that? But I, uh, I mean, talking to Skip Pete, man, I'm hyped. Like, I'm ready to go. If, I'm, if you're my running back coach and you're talking about random ninjas and you're talking about going to war <laughs> and you're giving me that, that hype story, I'm in. So, I mean, I, I certainly don't want to put pads on because I just got my nails done and stuff. But <laughs> outside of that, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So I'm going to give it to Todd. I'm going to go Todd. Um, again, every single thing is like, yo, get get the run game going. That's going to open things up. I realize it's not that easy. Like, you know, if you're – you, you got to move the chains. You're not moving those chains and now you're, you're back – Yard, you got to throw the ball. They're going to expect that. Like, that's just the game of football. It happens that way. We all know this. Let's, let's, let's get Todd going. You, you know, he's, he's healthy and he's ready to go. So, yeah. as much as I'd love to, you know, not, and I also don't want to see George Kittle with the ball. So, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to go Todd Gurley. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And I think, you know, even if he does what he did last week, 17 targets, that's ridiculous. And I think the Rams understand that they have to make him a focus and and are going to put multiple guys on him in certain situations the game third downs uh goal to go type of situations so uh and and you look at that number even if he does get 17 you still hope todd Gurley can outrush him uh and get near that 20 mark that we always talk about as kind of the golden zone for you know todd Gurley and when he's really productive and when this team is really productive so um i'm going to take todd Gurley as well and hopefully it's one of those things where we can shut down george kittle and or more contain him because he's a guy that's still going to get his uh and maybe it's like an eight target day and uh you know 17 19 21 carry day for Todd Gurley and it's not even close but I'm with you Todd Gurley we're going to need him in this ground attack that we talked to this is going to be one of those old-fashioned nasty in the trenches type of games so uh, we'll see how that shakes out and then um we'll go to our last one here Cooper Cup he has had three straight games with a touchdown 
in a weird way. It's almost quietly. I, I, I saw that and I looked over and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think I remember that now. But they were they're quiet touchdowns. Uh, but Cooper Cup's finding his way into the end zone. Uh, this is more of a take your pick for all the Rams players. With that being said, he's scored a lot lately. But who will be the first Rams to reach the end zone on Saturday? Take your pick. First Rams to hit pay dirt. Uh, Todd Gurley. I, they always seem to freaking get him in the red zone. Uh, I think, I, I don't know the numbers, but Todd Gurley has a bunch of our touchdowns. Just like, Todd, take it. You know what to do. You're in the red, you're in the red zone. Let's go. So uh, I'm going to give it to Todd. Like, he, like there are always games where I'm like, he only rushed for 30 yards, but dude, you know, led the team in, in touchdowns. So. Yeah, there's something about that, that like even going back, you watch, I mean, Jared Goff and, you know, has been getting the ball moving from like the 40 yard line or 30 yard line right down inside the five. And you're right. That's right. When they just turn to Todd and they're like, dude, we're just going to hand you the ball a couple of times and just get in there. Um, But I think, you know, if it wasn't for Tyler Higby tripping and kind of losing his feet a couple weeks ago, he was going to find himself in the end zone. That one ended up to Todd Gurley as well. Uh, so I'm going to go with Higby. I think I'm going to ride this Higby train. Okay. I think I think you're right that he is still um, – he's kind of feeling it right now. And it's weird. You can see his confidence going along with it, which is exciting. Jared Goff's going to be looking to him because, again, like George Kittle, I think uh, it was Tyler Higby that led our team in targets, and it was like 12 or 14 targets. It was high double digits. So um, I think he's going to be getting the looks again. And when you are in that red zone and if you get within the 10-yard line or whatever it may be, people are just going to start to be keying for Todd Gurley. But again, I think you're right. I mean, I think you're totally right. You could be, you know, it could be Todd Gurley again because he is just dangerous inside that 10-yard line and inside the five. So we'll see how it shakes out. Either way, sounds like some points for the Rams. And we would take that coming off of, uh, you know, our last performance, getting on the board early. I think that's a big key. So coming down to this one, uh, predictions. Tell me what you think. We were both pretty much way off last week but that's all right we get to reset and wh- what do you think for this week <laughs> i know i i always i think there are moments where i'm like trying to figure out like did i what did i tell bear because i don't know and i'm like i definitely didn't predict uh this this out uh this outcome at all i think the spread <laughs> is six and a half or yeah. something i mean yeah i don't know like honestly I just think that the Rams really need to score a lot in order to beat San Francisco. And this isn't necessarily a knock on our defense, but San Francisco's really good. And we've just been talking about their tight end for the past 10 minutes. George Kittle is going to make a, a Madden cover one day. You know, like he's just really, really good and deservedly so. Um, that being said, I, with that said, I think the Rams have got to show up. So I think both teams are... are are good at scoring <laughs> when when asked to. Uh, 20, 27, 27, 25, 20, 29, 27, I'm thinking. I like, like in it. that. Yeah. One of those scores. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's going to be a close game. I, yeah. I'm, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I got you. And, and I'm cheating again. It's my podcast. I always cheat when it comes to this. I've got two scores and I've been hanging <laughs> on. And it's like, if it is this grind out slow type of game, um, you know, I have it as right. like a uh, 23 17 score for the Rams. And then if there's just a little, you know, extra boost of offense, I have it as a 27 23. So it's like, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I think it's in that 
mid to low 20s and you know if it gets to where it is that complete grinder and turnovers and sacks and defense type game 23 17 is you know right where i think the rams defense could even hold hold their offense to but if for some reason it cranks up a little bit 27 23 wouldn't surprise me at all but again uh it, it's a crapshoot when we sit here behind microphones and, and just try to guess what's going to happen in a few days on a football field full of ninjas uh, so we'll see how it shakes out <laughs> on, on on Saturday afternoon. But Serena Morales, we appreciate it. We hope that next week when we're talking to you, we're still talking playoff scenarios because it has to work in a few magical ways. But, you know, like a team like this, you know, coming off the Super Bowl run, sometimes it takes all the way up to week 17. And if you get in, that's when things start to get dangerous for the rest of the league. So we'll see how it shakes out. Serena Morales, we appreciate it. We look forward to talking to you again. Have a good one. Oh, thank you, YouTuber. With that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.